Hey everyone, it's Angelica from A Little Bit of Everything With Me podcast, and you're listening to Mark the Shark MMA Show. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show. Hi everyone, I am your host, Mark Ritoro, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show, where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of of mixed martial arts. Today we will review both the most recent and upcoming events and MMA news. Each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest host. We'll also give our picks as to who we think will win the next uh, UFC main event. Remember to keep listening to the show because at the end of the show, we will show you, the listeners, how to win a special prize each week. Also, make sure to follow us on Facebook for news and latest updates for future episodes. Also, we appreciate any donations from our listeners to keep this podcast up and running. You can make a donation by going to anchor.fm slash show, And that's Mark spelled with a C and not a K. Also, we'll be looking for guests to appear on our show along with people who want to act as a sponsor and promote their product and brand. For more information, just contact me on the Mark the Shark MMA Show Facebook page. Also, as a plug-in, if you're looking for a good action thriller novel to read, check out the book called The Cabal, The Cycle Begins. You can find it on both the Amazon and Barnes & Noble website. It's also available in Kindle format, paperback, and audio book format. If you're looking for a good book for your kid to read, Check out the books written by a young girl by the name of Christina Ritorio. She has two books out on the market, both on the Amazon and Barnes & Noble website. Her books are called I Am a Survivor and Invisible Girl. As of now, only The Invisible Girl is available in audiobook format on both on iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. Okay, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Keep on listening. We'll begin shortly after this break. Hello, sir. Guys, we're back on the show. Today, we got a special guest, a Dr. John DeWitt, a former professional football player with the Houston Oilers. Today, we'll be discussing the devastating effects of TBI and concussions. How are you doing today, John? I am phenomenal, sir. Thank you for having me. It, uh, it's a beautiful day out here in sunny Southern California. Ah, oh, I wish I was in California. I've only <laughs> been to California once, but it was San Francisco. But I always remember it being nice and warm, never cold, perfect 80-degree weather every day. Yeah. That Napa Valley. I've been in Napa Valley, too. Nice. Hit the wineries, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for the listeners, uh, can you give us a brief overview of your background? Sure. I um, played football at Vanderbilt University, got a scholarship after my first semester, Um 
tried out for the 49ers. That didn't work out. Coached my old high school team for a year and then decided to pay a hundred bucks and go to a scout camp, uh, where they record you doing drills and stuff and basically send it out to all the NFL teams and whatnot. And that was in Plano, Texas. And Rich Sneed was there. He's the personnel guy or was the personnel guy for the Houston Oilers. And they stopped me after, um, all the drills and stuff and had me run some additional drills. I didn't have an agent or anything. And they called me up two days later and offered me a minimum rookie contract, which at the time was $103,000, which I about fell over. I was like, sure, that'll work. And uh, then they ended up sending me over to Scotland and playing in NFL Europe. I um, won the championship there and then played another 10 plus years, different uh, leagues up in Canada. I even played in the XFL and the arena football. So did that. And then, um, after football, I decided I need to figure out what I was going to do to, to make a living. So I decided to go to chiropractic college. So I went out to uh, LACC in Whittier, California. And now I have been a chiropractor for the last 10 plus years. And that's pretty much it. Mm. So what made you choose a chiropractic school? Uh, I It was either going to be because my hands are kind of big and, and all the friends of the family and stuff were like, well, it's either going to have to be an orthopedic surgeon or a chiropractor. And I, <laughs> in, in orthopedic surgery, I've had some not so great experiences with that personally. So I was like, yeah, and I didn't want to go to school for another decade. So I, yeah, it's a lot of school, go. right? Yeah, Cairo school was uh, condensed into three and a half. So thought that would be better. <laughs> Can you let our listeners know like why concussions are dangerous? Sure. It's, it's one of those things where um, what happens during a concussion is it affects the mitochondria, which are like the little uh, power plants of the cell. There's little organelles in there. And uh, what happens is you have a massive depolarization of the neurons in the brain where there's a little action potential spike. And I, don't, I mean, people can remember back from like biology and, and in like high school there's a little spike and then once it gets to a certain level then it drops off and but what happens is when there's a concussion it causes a massive depolarization of the neurons which causes a lot of calcium to start to build up inside the mitochondria then the mitochondria can't actually produce any um atp which is what we our cells live off of is the adenosine triphosphate any long story there but anyway um the calcium builds up your mitochondria don't work right and you're not actually not able to burn calories as well as um, you should. So you have to eat more to be able to have energy. You're supposed to increase your caloric intake by like 40% for the first two weeks after concussion. But the, it, the reason that it's, the concussions are bad is especially it's a progressive type condition. So if you have one concussion and you don't rest enough and heal completely before you have another concussion then it, it's going to add on to the previous one. And so it's going to be brain fog, forgetfulness, um, headaches, can be nausea, vomiting, vision issues, all kinds of things. So it's really important to get checked out. And they have something called uh, the King to Vic test out right now that they have all kids. Well, they should have all kids that are in contact sports should uh, do the test. And basically you just time the person, you ask them um, to read a, a list of numbers and the numbers are kind of spaced in a weird way on the page time them to do that and then in the season you've got a baseline so then you time them again if it takes them longer then that means they've had some train uh, brain trauma and they're not able to function and think as quickly as they normally are mm. and what is a tbi 
Uh, that's just traumatic brain injury. I just, but yeah, it's a traumatic brain injury that can be a lot of uh, veterans have that actually PTSD and, and traumatic brain injury from um, the concussion uh, blast from an explosion can cause uh, the, the brain to um, basically sloshes around inside the brain inside the skull because the brain's just suspended in there by cerebral spinal fluid. And if it's sloshing around, it has that impact and it causes the, the injury to the brain and it, and it takes a while for it to recover. Mm. How does it, how can you evaluate concussions? Yeah, that's the uh, King DeVic test. That's kind of the main thing right now uh, that people are going with to be able to assess. They even have it on uh, where coaches can have it on their um, iPad on the sideline and then have the kid come over and have their baseline test they do in the off season, supposedly before they've ever had any contact or brain trauma. And then they just pull up the, their iPad and they say, all right, ready, go. And they go through the list of numbers and then read them off. And then if they're not able to read them off or if they stop a lot or if they do it a lot longer, if it takes a lot longer to, uh, for them to read it, then that's when uh, they realize that they have a concussion and they're pulled from the game. I mean, pretty much everybody at this point, if you have any kind of head contact or issue at all, they, they're, they're going to pull you from the game because they don't want to risk you having a concussion. And, I mean, only about 5% of people that have head trauma and have concussions uh, lose consciousness. A lot of people think, oh, if I don't get knocked out, then I didn't have a concussion. That's simply not the case. Really? Yeah, because a lot of times, like, even when I was playing ball, I probably had a half dozen concussions myself. And um, only one of those I actually blacked out for a second. But um, one time I was in practice and, and hit my face mask just the wrong way with the guy I was uh, going against in a one-on-one drill. So it kind of jarred my brain, and I went cross-eyed. And I literally just stopped and was like, hold on a second. And then I'm sitting there hitting myself in the side of the head trying to get my eyes to straighten out. And it wasn't working. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But, I mean, that's kind of the mentality back in the day. It was like, oh, you know, just rub some dirt on it. You'll be okay. And that's definitely not, not the way to go. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what are the common symptoms of a concussion? Uh, a lot of times you can have headaches, um, nausea, forgetfulness, vision disturbances, either kind of you, you're losing your peripheral vision, you can have uh, flashy lights, things like that. But uh, the headaches are one of the biggest things that mm. you get because you've had the trauma to the, to the brain itself, and then the, brain, the body's trying to compensate for that, and it doesn't really know what to do. Huh. Is there any like type of nutrients that people can take to help them recover faster from a concussion? Yeah, I actually um, dove into that on my own after because i mean my dad's got early onset dementia and, and so that really kind of scared me and so i decided i needed to, to really learn more about concussions brain fog you know brain conditions like that alzheimer's parkinson's and stuff like that and i uh, decided to see what supplements were out there that were helping and there's a lot of um, things out there that are called no nootropic herbs and uh, bacopa monary is a really good for brain function the coconut oil is really good because it gives you a second uh, source of energy to function um ginkgo biloba um venpocetine and so i took all these different natural holistic herbs and put them into something called uh brain med and you can get that at mybrainmed.com so um anyway so <laughs> that that's that your website? yeah that's my own that's my website mybrainmed.com for that and uh, it um, that helps to heal it and make sure you're optimizing your brain function. But at the same time, I have uh, brain med omegas, which are the, the fish oils, the omega-3s. And they've actually shown that taking omega-3s can help to strengthen 
the cell membrane. And so that's kind of like helping protect yourself at like a cellular level. It's not going to prevent a concussion, but it could help reduce the, the effects of it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until I started doing research. I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. There's always like a nutrient for something, right? Uh, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, what are your thoughts on young kids playing football? Um, you know, like they got these like uh, Pee Wee. Well, in my town, it's the Mighty Mites, then Pee Wee. Right. Yeah. What are your thoughts on kids that young playing? Yeah, football? we had we had Boy Scouts or not Boy Scouts Boys Club when I was a kid, and I was playing uh, football when I was in the second grade. And uh, luckily, I was going out to practice one day, the very first day, actually, and my mouthpiece fell out of my mouth into the dirt, and I put it back into my mouth because I didn't know what else to do with it. And I, had all, I didn't think about brushing it off or anything, so I had all this dirt in my mouth and was just kind of like, you know, this isn't for me, and I didn't play again for several years. But, and I have people call me all the time, parents call me all the time asking, you know, everybody on the block is freaking out. They don't want their kids to play uh, football. It's, they're afraid that it's going to kill them and all this stuff. And I talked to um, some people that uh, are in, that work at Harvard or graduated from Harvard and, and have done the research on this. And if the kids wait and play flag football, there's not going to be the impacts in the, in the head trauma. They learn all the team building and, and working with other people, all the good lessons you can learn from sports. You, and you practice your reaction times and your speed and all that stuff. And you just don't have any of the direct impact to the brain. If you can have them do flag football until they're the age of 12 or 13, mm. they, they've shown that that almost um, totally eliminates the risk of them having uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is the CTE that they talked about in the movie concussion. It mm. almost just totally eliminates that as an option later on because they're not starting out so young when their brains are just developing. Huh. Interesting. Now, do you yeah. deal with, like, uh, any combat athletes? Uh, I, I have worked with different um, military, Marines. I'm, I'm working on getting together with uh, some uh, different club, the, um, and I'm with the NFLPA. I, I work with them and some of the players on, on how to, uh, you know, help reduce the risks and, and, and get this to where people can actually play without having to worry about a lot of this stuff but what, that's one of the kind of the catch-22 with this is that they're coming out with all this super expensive research on um, how to come up with the perfect football helmet that's going to keep a concussion from happening but the laws of physics just make that impossible because you're like I said the brain's suspended inside the skull and so the the whole law of inertia the something in motion is going to stay in motion so you're running and you stop really fast even if you don't even hit anything then your brain's going to stop, but it's going to not stop until it slides forward and all that cerebral spinal fluid and hits the front of your skull. So it doesn't matter how fancy schmancy a helmet you have on there. I mean, that might help reduce the risk, of course, but, you know, the NFL got really panicked about concussions and all that when the movie came out until they really started trying to make it look like they're really, and I'm sure they are really trying to, to fix the sport, but I thought it was ironic that, they really started to get in trouble about concussions and people were really focusing on that. And then that's when the Colin Kaepernick thing started and they really started focusing on the whole players taking a knee and stuff. Like it was almost a distraction. So people would stop talking about concussions. thought the timing mm. of that was interesting. Interesting. Now, do you have any like published books that our listeners can buy to get more information? Uh, 
Yes, you can go on. Um, I have a website, drjohndewitt.com, and it has pretty much everything under the sun that I have to offer. I've written um, nine books, two different lines of supplements. I've got some free webinars and stuff in there you can do. Um, you can just go onto Amazon and type in uh, head games, concussions, and CTE. Where do we go from here? Or okay. you can just type in my, my name, uh, Dr. John DeWitt, and it should pop up all the different books that I have. Okay. And if the listeners need to get in contact with you, they can go to, what was your name on your website again, Dr.? It's just D-R-J-O-H-N-D-E-W-I-T-T.com. Okay. And to all the listeners out there, if you got any questions, you can also use the Anchor app to get in contact with me. And I can always forward questions on to John. But obviously, I think the best way to go is just going directly to his website. And um, you offer, you say you offer webinars as well? Yeah, I have a, a free webinar that you can register. It shows it's an automated webinar. It shows on the top of the hour, every hour. Um, that's just at concussionclass.com. And okay. they can, it has a little chat feature in there when they're in there that if they have a question, they can type it in and it'll automatically pop up on my phone and I can answer it while whatever I'm doing at the time. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it. Uh, Dr. John DeWitt, I appreciate having you on the show. Thank you, sir. And I'll look forward to speaking to you in the future. Sounds great. All right, John. Thank you. You bet. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash MMA show and browse the unmasked selection of audio programs. Download a trial for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash MMA show. Why Audible? Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original shows, news, comedy, and more from leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. And if you need a book suggestion, I have two. One is called I Am a Survivor by Christina Ritorto. And the other one is written by me, Mark Ritorto, called The Cabal. The saga begins. Good day, everybody. This is Dan Young with Total Wellness Radio, and you are tuned into the Mark the Shark MMA Show. All right, guys, we're back on the show. I'm here with my co-host, Steve. We're here to talk about the latest MMA news and the upcoming UFC card coming on this Saturday, June 1st, between Alexander Gustafson and Anthony Smith. Hey, Steve, how you doing today? It's good to be here, Mark. <laughs> How's your day going so far? Well, I just had my uh, beet juice earlier, so I'm feeling pretty healthy. So, yeah, got the energy to uh, discuss this card with you right now. Yeah, yeah. But before we get into the car, let's go over what's that? some uh, some news. Uh, hold on, just give me a second here. Uh, the first thing I got for the news is that I heard that Araya Faber's coming back to the UFC. Um, right. Let me get my notes up here. Yeah, he's returning on July 13th to fight Ricky uh, Simon. Simon is 15 and one, and is 13 years younger than him. What do you, you have you ever seen him fight before or no? 
I saw him fight live in Atlantic City on the same car that uh, Kevin Lee and S. Barboza was on. Uh, yeah, I knew about the Uriah coming back, but when I heard about it, they still hadn't announced the opponent for him yet. So this is actually uh, new to me. Uh, he's just yeah, these MMA fighters, right? They never, they can never stay retired. No matter they what, won, right? Yeah, I think it's that itch that no matter what, even you walk away, you're always gonna have that itch to come back. Where you're chasing that one last, you know, thrill, hearing your name being called out, the audience roaring, you know, I guess that's the desire for that doesn't yeah. really go away once you retire. So it's it's unbelievable. I was actually just talking to an MMA fighter, uh, Adam Meredith, who's a Bellator fighter the other day, who mm-hmm. will be on a uh, future episode, um, and he was saying the same the same thing. You know, they, once they get that competitive edge, it's it's hard to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, you figure, and you figure a lot of these guys, right? They're all. Well, Uriah was a, a Division One wrestler in UC Davis back when he was younger. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of these guys grew up. They were already athletes in other sports. They already, you know, cultivated that competitive edge. And once you do that for so long in your life, you know, once it's over, what are you gonna do? You yeah. can't go back to the office, right? I mean, that's not gonna, that's not gonna satisfy the same itch that was being scratched before. So. Yeah. And he just had a jujitsu match against one of the. Nicky, uh, the young one, Ryan. Yeah, I don't know if he won or lost, or was it a draw? Do you happen to know? He lost by decision. Um, I did not see the match, but I was reading a description of it. Seems like he was roughing uh, Ricky a lot, like throwing slaps, being very kind of, uh, almost like, I guess, oh, maybe he forgot he wasn't in an MMA fight, but that's why I heard he was kind <laughs> of scandaling him around, slapping him, so yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that, what, or what, if it was any Bravo thing, or on it or something. Um, so I'm not too familiar with the rules of that grappling tournament. Uh, I don't think it was A Bravo, because I believe with A Bravo, there is striking uh, to the body allowed when you're on your feet. Okay. There's no striking whatsoever here, which is why I, I think he got warned a few times about... Maybe it was Polaris. Maybe it was Polaris. Yeah. It might have been Polaris. Yeah, it was one of those, uh, one of those professional grappling leagues, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that... But, uh, yeah, Ricky Simon, okay, uh, yeah. I saw him fight. You know, he's a very uh, young guy, very explosive, very fast. I remember uh, the fight I saw him, though, he was actually getting dominated for most of it, like getting taken down, uh, wrestled. But mm-hmm. then he caught, he caught the uh, the guy, I believe he was a um, Eastern European guy from, what was it, Lithuania or one of those, uh, Georgia or one of those countries that Americans would not be able to uh, recognize on a map. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's more of a striker? He's a grappler, but the guy was still out wrestling him until the last like one minute when he caught the guy in a guillotine. He reversed the guy, took him out. He held the guillotine and the guy was, you know, he's struggling or anything. I was actually screaming, he's out, he's out, he's out. But then, and the referee stopped it literally with one second left in the fight. And it turned out that the guy was not, he was not unconscious. So it was a, it's a crazy ending. It's a crazy ending, so yeah. yeah. And then also in the news, you got Elias do. From uh, Canada, we just fought on the UFC card not too long ago. Yep, uh, I think it was like two or three cards ago. I yeah, think we he watched it. Lost that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He got released from the UFC. Was ranked 15th in his division. Finished with a record of eight three promotion. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah it's pretty, pretty good. good. You know, but they let him go. There's no news as to uh, where he's going. I mean. If he's eight and three in the UFC, I'm sure he could, he could probably easily get signed to one of the other, um, you know, second tier minor leagues, you know, Bellator, yeah. 
go to our, uh, the you can also go to the PFL and go for that million dollar prize. You can do that, yeah. <laughs> got released. Uh, a lot of the uh, 125 hunters got released too. I think Houston Hayes, he got released recently. Really? Yeah. Mm. That division, that division is kind of on ice right now. The future is really uncertain, so it's not really uh, surprising at this point. I think I just I, what I heard was that I think they only have about eight guys still contracted at that division right now. So, mm. yeah. but for Elias, they said that uh, I guess Dana didn't find him too too entertaining. I um, can barely. Yeah, we watched that last fight together. I can barely remember anything that happened in it. Yeah, I mean, he, he has a very unorthodox style. Like, I mean, it's obviously different when you're in the ring facing the guy. Like, when you watch him, you'd be like, what's this guy doing? He doesn't really look that good, but he's got wins, you know? So, mm -hmm. can't be that bad. But, like I said, it's a little different when you're judging from the sidelines to when you're actually in there. You know, I think mean, it was um, a kind of similar thing happened to John Fish uh, a long time ago, right? He yeah, lost. That one, I, I mean, that guy. He's, no, he's on. Who's on beach? He's always he's on, he's waiting he, to see, yeah, but he, he lost on his and that was it. That was it. He got cut right after that. So yeah, what was it? That one loss to uh, St. Pierre, Pierre, right? No, no, no. After St. Pierre, after he lost to St. Pierre, he was still in the UFC for a long time, and he okay. was had, still he's still winning most like. Pretty big win yeah, streak. I mean, the only guy, guy he have like a 15 or 17 yeah. fight win streak in the UFC. He, he had a long win streak before he uh, fought GSP, and then he lost that fight. And after that, he yeah, still had I think he was 17 and 0 yeah. before he fought uh, St. Peter. He had two losses outside of the UFC. It was one was to uh, Mike Pyle, uh, the, okay. the Mullet guy, guy. Yeah, the Mullet guy. Yeah, yeah. The other one was to uh, Wilson Govia. Yeah. That, he was undefeated until he. Those are only his only two losses until he fought GSP for the title. So, yeah. did you ever see him fight? Uh, what's that? I think it was in a World Series of Fighting against Jake Shields. I think he was actually defending his title in that one. But yeah, he was defending his title against Jake Shields. So I was kind of happy that at least you know he, he won some kind of belt. I don't know why he never went to Bellator or anything like that, but he went to the World Series of Fighting mm. after the UFC. And then he um, he won the belt there, and then um, it's definitely confirmed that Roy McDonald's fighting against Neiman Gracie. Now, I don't know if is Neiman Henzo's cousin or his nephew. I know he trains at Henzo's school. I'm not really sure. No, no, no they're related. Yeah, obviously yeah. Gracie's, but I'm not really sure what the um, exact family relationship is. Like, if it's like a cousin or a nephew or whatever. That I'm not really clear about. So. Let me see if I can find that because I, I keep coming back to him. I believe he's a uh, and he's, he's under the nephew. Right? He's a nephew. Oh, our nephew. All right. Yeah, one of his. Uh, I think it's one of his sister's kids, but uh, yeah, she's the son of Carla Gracie. And I don't. I, have you seen him on Bellator? Playing on Bellator? So he's kind uh, of like uh, Caesar Gracie, right? He took his mother's name instead of his uh, father's name. Yeah. Did you ever see it. Mike yeah, before? I get it, I get it cause uh if that name is Gracie, you know, you're gonna want that. I know so yeah. No, he's he's pretty good, dude. He's he had a um Undefeated. Undefeated, correct, I think. Yeah, I think he's undefeated in um he's got in MMA he's got nine wins, no losses, and he's got one eight eight submissions and one win by um decision. decision. He at brown belt level he he won uh, 
was a Brazilian World Jiu-Jitsu champ at purple belt and blue belt and, and, and with the gi. No gi, he was a world champion with no gi. And he's like a three-time Pan Am champ at purple belt, no gi, uh, brown and purple. Um, obviously, since he's local, he's competed a lot in the uh, New York Open. But yeah, he's facing Rory McDonald. I've seen him fight a few times. Um, trying to say, like, uh, I don't know what it, I would say. He's a little bit more involved than a lot of the Gracie fighters, but not too much. It's kind of weird though. Like when you watch the Met Sarah guys, because I guess they team with Ray Longo. They're a little bit more well-rounded. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, not gonna put down and Enzo's guys because mine's still affiliated. I'm a great but it just seems like I don't, or maybe it's just because he's a crazy and wants to prove the mindset that grappling is still superior, particularly jujitsu. Um, I mean, I would say his stand is better than, let's say, what like hoisted back in the day. <laughs> but it's uh, nowhere near than, let's say, um, who's the guy that just recently fought from Matt Sarah's camp? Those two guys, Dan um, King. Is it Al and Quinta? Yeah, him and the other guy. Mm, that's because they uh, they train a lot. They have Ray Longo there. That's why. Yeah. yeah it's not. It's, it's not. It's not Sarah. He doesn't have the hands of that yeah. guy. Yeah, it's Sarah so, Longo MMA, right? It's not Sarah. I mean, it's, it's Sarah Longo, right? Fight. Yeah. Team. Yeah. Like, they cross train a lot. Yeah. Um. But I mean, so I would uh, that one. I would kind of give Rory the. Uh, stand-up match with the striking but I don't I don't I don't think he'll be able to handle uh, Neiman Gracie on the ground I mean, actually I think I think in one of his fights he's, he's been you know because he's uh, trains over in the city I guess he trains a lot with them I think he actually got a guy on the heel hook or some kind of leg lock the last time mm. but uh that's pretty much it um so what do you think about this weekend's card I mean, well, I up the, yeah, I looked up the list. I think I believe it's in Europe, so it's kind of a lot of European fighters. Uh, so I saw uh, there's some guys that on the undercard. I think uh, see, there's a kickboxer guy. I think it's David Tamir or the brother of David Tamir, the guy who's uh, brother of the guy who just lost Charles Oliveira. And then there's okay. Christian Gregos, who's another guy who lost Charles Oliveira. So I guess it's kind of these uh, dudes that are coming off losses. And they're back on the undercard. And looking to uh, get back on track with uh, another win. So, yeah. What do you think is going to win the main event, though? I know Anthony Smith. He just came off that fight with John Jones. Uh, before that, he was getting a lot more hype, right? Because he beat some uh, old veterans pretty quickly. One was uh, Rashad Evans. Yeah. Knocked him out really quickly. Shogun knocked him out really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And he submitted that one. Their guy that was. Uh, I'll spot the card. The guy from uh, Switzerland. Mm. I can't pronounce his name. It's like Vulcan. I was uh, the mirror. Yeah. Or so yeah. Did you ever see him fight in Strike Force? Uh, Vulcan. No, it's Smith. Anthony Smith. Oh right, yeah, he was in Strike Force before. Uh, yeah. No, I don't think I'm pretty I was sure. Yeah. I think I saw him on Strike Force, and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna double check. Um. Pretty sure it was a. I think he lost to Hogger Gracie. Believe it or not, 
think oh, that's back when Hager was trying to do uh, MMA. Hager was, uh, yeah. yeah, he lost to Hager Gracie back in 2013. So that guy, he's been around for a while, man. Right. But, you know, he's got, he's got a lot of good wins. He's got 31 wins out of 45 fights, dude. So 17 knockouts and 11 submissions. So he's pretty well-rounded. But I don't know. Because Gustafson, I thought, like, when the first time he fought John Jones, he gave him a good, gave him a good fight. Not so much the second time around. So if yeah, you, you were to call your bookie, yeah. you were to call your bookie right now, mm-hmm. you had to go with a bet. Who would you go with? I'd go with uh, Alexander just because I yeah. think uh, I think Anthony Smith he had a lot of hype, right? Especially coming down John Jones' fight, just because yeah. of those quick wins. But you know, it was three white. It was a three fight win streak. You know, not 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 not. It was impressive, but you know, Alexander. I think he's more of a known equation, known equation. Just more of us, you know, solid guy. Doesn't have the same, I guess, uh, maybe explosiveness that Anthony Smith has. I think he's probably just more better overall, more technical, and he's just been around more. He's you know, Anthony Smith's had a lot, a lot of fights too, but it's just that like Alexander's has been in the UFC so much longer, and you know, uh, when you're fighting the UFC, that's just on, you, get, you get those jitters. And yeah. I think Alexander's probably just more accustomed to handling them, so I'm gonna have to go with the, the more known quantity there. Yeah, because I'm, I'm looking over Anthony Smith's record, because a part of me wants to say, you know, because he's got all this experience. Uh, I don't know how old Guff this is. I'm assuming they're, because he's 30, I'm assuming they're pretty much the same age. Like, they're out of all, because a lot of the guys he encountered, he fought Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans, you know, my, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't think he should be in the UFC Hall of Fame, but that's another discussion I'll ask you to pivot on that. But, uh, he beat him, but that guy, you know, he's kind of on his way out. Marcio Huha, one of my favorite uh, MMA fighters. Yeah, same here. Same he's here. old and beat up, so he beat them. Uh, the, uh, Andrew Sanchez, young fighter, very good, but not very high caliber. So the only one that he really beat that I uh, kind of, it's funny, I'm just looking back, he beat Josh near victory, but Josh is. They're not, you know, that Josh Nair is like probably has oh, 20 pounds lighter than he is, and that's nerving. 23 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that guy still fights. Uh, that was like uh, three years ago. Anyway, it was Hector Lombard, but Hector Lombard, you know, he gasses out. Mm. So, uh, I'm a betting man, man. I'm going to have to go with Gustafson only because. I think he gave John Jones a really, really hard time that first time they fought. And as uh, much as I'm not really a big John Jones fan, I, I think he's, his athleticism is like unbelievable. I mean, yep. he, I mean, I think he only took him like five years to win the belt. You know, I think he was the uh, youngest champion, I believe. Yeah, the youngest champion. I think he did it in five years. Yeah, which I think he tied with like uh, Frank Shamrock. I think Frank Shamrock did in five years or six years. Mm. But to get that good that fast, I mean, you really got to have a really, really good athlete. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And just go back to what uh, the pick. Yeah, like I said, I think Alexander's just been through the fire. He's been through the fire more. He's had yeah. one of those uh, been on top level much longer. So if he's accustomed to kind of these main event, you know, big fights, so. And just because his overall, I believe his overall skill set is just more better. Every, I mean, he does have he does have a tendency to get uh, clipped, 
But besides that, I feel Pasola's uh, Anthony Smith. He actually got knocked out by uh, Tiago Santos a while ago. Yeah, was a solid fighter, but not. He's top. I was. He's top, but kind of like mid, upper, mid tier. You know, not championship level. So. So if you had to rate Anthony Smith, you would probably say like below top five, right? I think he got like, that title shot against uh, John Jones just because you know uh, he was coming off that streak, and Jones, there's no one else really in line. So I think not. I don't want to trash it. He's a solid fighter. He's good. I just don't think he's top level. And I think he got a title shot just because it was kind of timing. He had yeah. a win streak just for at the right time. So yeah. when you say top level, are you saying like top five level? Top or five, yeah. Top ten. Yeah, basically those guys that uh, who you know are championship level could be a champion on the right day. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Anthony Smith. I don't think he's really on that that level. So. Yeah, and just to be clear to all our listeners out there, we're not like downplaying Anthony Smith. Just to be in the UFC, you got to have some skill, and to be in the top ten, I mean, that's phenomenal. But yeah, if you're, uh, if you're listening to this, really, really you're in the top five. That's it. I mean. <laughs> If he wins <coughs> convincingly, yeah, then I mean, to this, uh, might change my view on him. Maybe yeah. I should consider him a top five guy. Yeah. And yeah. Mr. Smith, if you're listening to this, uh, please don't uh, please don't call us. Yeah. Call in, don't don't uh, don't, don't find us and try to kill us. If you want to be on my podcast, though, you're more than welcome. <laughs> yeah. If you happen yeah. to be listening, if you just happen to be listening right now, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, me and Steve, since we both competed, we know what it's like. You know. At a very, at a very low level. On a very low level. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there is that pressure. There is that pressure still. So we just uh, imagine that being magnified by a hundred. So yeah. yeah. Now getting back to a shot, Evan, really quick, before I let you go. <clears throat> what do you think qualified him to go into the UFC Hall? I think mean, uh, Dana's got a soft spot for a lot of these uh, old school, old school, ultimate fighter guys. Uh, Michael that's Bisbee, my, that's my right. He just got in before <laughs> Rashad did. So, I mean, he is a champion, you know. But for me, I don't know. My point of view: in order to be in that Hall of Fame, you should be like a multiple-time champion. You know, like George Saint Pierre. You know, Matt Hughes have won the title more than once. Rashad won it and then lost it right away, right? I think he lost the right to Machida, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's correct. Yep. And after he beat, he knocked out Chuck Liddell. So, I mean, that, that's my opinion, you know. Or if it was something like they put Forrest Griffin in, in, uh, in that fight. But that was because it was... Well, I was going well, to bring him up because that's another example of a guy who he was only champion for one fight, right? He beat Rampage. Yes, but... After that, so. or, well, they have different categories. They have, like, yeah. I guess, like the individual, yeah, and then they also have like the fight. Modern like, had um, Matt Hughes and uh, who's that wrestler that he had a trilogy with? Oh man, can't think of it. It's one of my favorite fights, too. Um, let's see if I can look it up quick. Frank Trink, no, um, talking about wait, are you talking about a fight or a fighter? No, it was actually a fight. It was actually a fight. Um, let me see who it was. It was against. Oh, this is going to bug the hell out of me. Let's see if I can find it really quick. He won. He fought the guy twice. And it wasn't. Break trick. Break trick. That's it. Yeah, that's actually. 
one of my favorite fights, especially like when he came back. Uh, Rick was, uh, I mean, Trick was trying to choke him from rear naked, and he was just face just turned beet red, and then he turned it around, and then I'm choking him with the same choke. Yeah, that, that was like one of my favorites. So anyway, so that's an example of a fight that got a U, uh, UFC Hall of Famer award. So I'm not sure. I think the Forrest Griffin, I think that's what they went for. I could be wrong. They might have won it twice, but I'm pretty sure that's what they wanted yeah. for. I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, he's the fight. They're in there for the fight, but I'm pretty sure he won it. Uh, I think he won it individually as well. Okay. So, but yeah. like to me, like the guys like BJ Penn, St. Pierre, Matt Hughes, you know, those are the guys that, you know, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture. I mean, uh, Sakuraba actually went there too, right? Even though he never fought, he only had that one fight in the UFC. So, so Sakuraba? Uh, well, they bought Pride, right? Mm-hmm. But Sakuraba wasn't a, I don't, he was never, he never had a belt. Nah. But, alright. Here you get into a good debate. We only got a couple of minutes to talk about this, but, um, that, that that is one example of a guy who never held a he never won a belt in Pride really no because he kept wow. getting knocked out by he kept getting knocked out by Vanderlei that's why oh in the finals right yeah all right that's one guy that I guess you could kind of have an exception because he beat how can I say this he beat the Gracies when the Gracies were considered like them and their family style were considered unbeatable. During mm-hmm. at that time in that particular moment in and the fact that he beat back in back in those days there was no real weight divisions. I mean he fought Rampage, beat him in the Yep. So and he and I don't know if too many people know, uh he did tag like fought in shows where it was like tag team MMA. I actually have probably on VHS somewhere unless I threw it out where you, one guy tags in and they swap partners and one guy took him to the center of the ring and tagged in his, tagged in his partner and they both beat the shit out of him. Oh, right. I, that's I, how, that's, that's why that guy should have That might have been pro wrestling, Mark. That might have been... Uh, oh, no, no, dude. That might have been pro wrestling. It was an MMA match. It was not wrestling. Trust me. It was not wrestling. I got, I got to, to uh, you got to find these tapes. You got to find these tapes for me, bro. I'm, I'm really curious. <laughs> no, dude. I got to see with my own eyes. Try to look for it on YouTube. I, yeah. I, I'm, my VCR doesn't work, and I'm pretty sure I don't have the tape anymore. I have to go through. I used to have downstairs in my basement, so I probably had 200 VHS tapes. I threw a ton of them out to save space. Mm. I had everything, like, from Super Bowl, to, uh, King of Cage, to King of Pancreas and whatever I don't even know how I got this one with him in it but it was MMA it was not wrestling it was real he was knocked out bad <laughs> bad like they had to take him out on a stretcher anyway in my opinion that guy deserves whatever he, you know awards he gets he, he went through the ringer dude his MMA <laughs> well, that was the uh, the point I was kind of driving towards is that it's not necessarily about you know having that belt and having okay. it X amount of time. It's also about kind of the uh, effect you had you know on a sport, right? I mean that's why I kind of like Forrest is in there, even though he only defended his he only he never defended his belt, but he was in there. He's in there because you know he was the the original <laughs> Ultimate Fighter, right? Yeah. The yeah. Fighter. 
Yeah, yeah that's that's no. that's that that makes sense for that. I just yeah. don't see uh for Sean's listeners is bad I go like too much. But I just don't see like what he really treated. There may be other factors that I don't know. I mean I know he does like, you know he's a co host on the shows, just that kind of thing. Hmm. There might be other other factors. But anyway, we'll be back after this short break. Hey guys, we're back to the show. Are you guys interested in making money? Well, keep listening to the podcast. I'll make a special announcement on how you, the listener, can make money by listening to my podcast as well as other podcasts. Stay tuned. All right, guys, we're back. And now is the time for you guys to learn how to make money. Now, you can easily make money by listening to this podcast by downloading an app called PodCoin. Either your Android phone or your tablet or your iPhone or your tablet. And it's fairly simple. For each podcast you listen to, you earn points, and then you can redeem those points for either Amazon or Starbucks, or you can even donate it to charity. Now, by listening to my podcast and using this special promo code called MMA Show, that's the promo code, MMA Show, you will get 300 pod coins just for signing up and using my code. Again, it's MMA Show, and the app is called PodCoin. You can get it from... If you have an Android um, device, you can go to the Google Play Store. If you have an Apple device, you go to the uh, Apple Store. All right, guys, we'll be back. All right, guys, we're back to the show. I just wanted to make another quick announcement. And next week or the week after, my daughter and I will be interviewed on a podcast called A Little Bit of Everything With Me. We'll be talking about books that we have published on both Amazon and Barnes & Noble and our new, and my daughter's new audiobook. So be on the lookout for that. Right, guys we're back to the show as i mentioned before every week you our listeners have a chance to win a prize you have to listen to each podcast episode in its entirety to learn what that prize is since every week it will be different you also have a chance to be entered in our drawing for, to win the grand prize now you will be rewarded for your patience in order to qualify for this week's prize you have to be the 100th caller to our show and email us by using our email button on our facebook page called Mark the Shark MMA Show, and that is Mark with a C and not a K. To call and leave us a message, you can download the Anchor app from either the Google Store or the Apple Store. By emailing us using our Facebook page, you will automatically get entered into our drawing for the grand prize, which will be announced in August. This week's 100th caller to the show gets a free Amazon gift card. Please, guys, please do not forget to follow us on our Facebook page. All right, guys. We'll be back after this short break. 
Alright guys, we're at the end of our show. This is Mark Retorto. I'm signing off. And don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page. It's called The Mark the Shark MMA Show. And it's Mark with a C, not a K. And also, feel free to leave us messages by using the Anchor app. And also, don't forget, if you look in a mood for a good action thriller book, to buy my book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. It's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. And if you need a good book for your kid, get the I Am Survivor book or Invisible Girl book written by my daughter, Christina Retorto, also available on Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show and continue to listen to our shows every week. Thank you.